1: you hear the music, you know the show you're listening to Ray Ellis sports on the Voice America network I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and what matters to me is all my family friends and loved ones in the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. I hope and pray that everybody is fine. I understand that there was um, an issue yesterday uh, as it relates to some type of chemical spill into the environment. Of which could very well have jeopardized some lives uh, to the point whereas it was obviously some type of uh, of hazard uh an environmental issue, there were people from what i've read uh, and and from speaking to uh some friends uh, of course communicating through social media as well uh there was some evacuation of some people uh very close to uh, a section up in the northeast part of canton, Ohio, and so uh, my prayers spoke to uh, uh my wonderful sister. Bernardine, of course, uh, late last night for her uh, after the game for me. And uh, they appear to be fine. I'm going to be checking back in with them. So if anybody out there listening from the Hall of Fame City, give me a call. Get just You know, I'm a little nervous, but this is what matters to me. So uh, my prayers and shout out uh, to all the loved ones and family and friends back there in the Hall of Fame City. They support me so much. There's no way they wouldn't be in, in my prayers and, uh, you know, and the top of my uh, thinking Every moment as this day goes by. So I hope and pray and listen, whatever you do, don't just take the information that they give and just be satisfied with it. Stay on top of that. I don't care if there is something that was, you know, in the environment in a certain area that, you know, things don't stay. In one area, when something happens to get into the environment, it moves. So it moves. It may have been a spill in one part of the city, but you can imagine there's a geographical area around where this is going to expand further than just the initial location. So get some answers, get some results, make some demands and make sure that it is it is dealt with, it is treated and that there's an assessment on the quality of the air and and make sure that, again, that that people are safe and that they're not marginalized and 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 allow you to go back into uh that neighborhood in particular and 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 to hold the company uh who own the facility hold them responsible you got to think about that these people have an environmental duty and obligation to make sure that they don't jeopardize the lives of those people around uh, so stand up to them, as my good friend Herman Edwards would say, and uh, don't let them get away with that. So God bless all the people in the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio. And uh, we're going to move on because not only is, uh, uh, is is that important to me, that, of course, is the Hall of Fame city we're talking about. So we got to be talking about some football because that's important to me. So I'm going to be joined a little bit later by my good friend Jeff Taylor. And, uh, yeah, you know Jeff. Of course, you know, Jeff, from Taylor Blitz, Taylor Blitz Times. As a matter of fact, Jeff is going to be calling in, joining me a little bit later. And, uh, man, let me just talk a little bit about football has been very good to us. I mean, college football has been very good. Pro football has been extremely good. Uh, I mean, the games have been there. It's the kind of football games with the exception of a couple games. Whereas, you know, you see there's a lot of production on the offensive side of the ball. This is the kind of football they've been looking for. It really does look like 7-on-7 a lot to me. You know, even to the point of the way 7-on-7 is carried out where you really can't hit people, I I am all for the safety of players. As a matter of fact, shout-out to my man Kwame Lassiter, uh, you should expect to be seen uh, in the very near future, a special piece of which myself and and some other people uh, like Kwame and, and other guys who throughout the generations have played this game in the National Football League at the position that is probably the most dangerous as well as uh, certainly is the position that's most affected uh, with the new rules in pro football, and that's the position of safety. There is nothing safe about playing safety. In the National Football League, <laughs> you, you, there's that, that word is not in your job description. You are not supposed to play that game safely, and nobody is supposed to feel safe in your zone. <laughs> and so uh, we just need to tell you about the way the game used to be played, the way generation after generation after generation of men were taught to play the game, so much so that it's been ruled that you can no longer play that game that way, and the position of all the positions that has a lot to do with the way the game has been changed is that position is known as safety. So we'll talk to you about that. You'll see that coming sometime very soon. So let me move on. Let me talk a little bit. OK, there was a college football game that was out there so much so. Now, now I, I got to admit, I've, I've seen pro football players on billboards. I've seen their pitches all up. To, shout out to Chris Carter's. Picture just all up and down the walls during Hall of Fame weekend at the Kenton and uh, in, in the Hall of Fame city of Kenton, Ohio, as he was about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. But never before. And I think Kwame might have mentioned this before. Never before have I seen not in uniform, <laughs> very distinctly. No doubt about it. You don't get this mixed up. Johnny football's on the front of Time magazine. I remember it was very interesting. A few years ago, I think when I first moved out here to Phoenix, Arizona, in about 2000, maybe it was 2007. And Time Magazine um, said, came out with an article the front of the cover was, um, person of the year is you. I thought that was one. I really liked that. Person of the year, you. Well, now Johnny Football's on the front of Time Magazine and it's time to pay college athletes. But, you know, I just wish there's so many other college athletes who kind of pushed the envelope a little bit too the way Johnny Football did. You know, they didn't have to be sacrificed. Why did they have to be sacrificed in order for it to get to this position to where it is today? Uh there there's no doubt about it. For those who argue and everybody has their own opinion. We set on them every day. Every time we sit down, that's your opinion. So that that's okay. This is Real Sports. So I can talk about my opinion. In my opinion, these people should have been paid a long time ago. You know, and, and, and there's no justification as why they cannot. When you talk about amateur sports and taking away from any and everybody else, it's what I always tell people, listen, if you can rent out a stadium, if you like Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> Money Mayweather, Money, he wants to pr- promote himself and other fighters, feels that his product is good enough that he can invest in and people can come there, see what he does and they're willing to pay, then go ahead. But everybody can't do that. But for those who can do that, they should be compensated. You know, there are times, many times where people just are not willing to pay for something because the product is not worth their hard earned dollar. So I see a lot of times when I go past some parks on Sundays or Saturdays, or, you know, Friday nights, there are some guys out there, you know, playing a little throw-around football, maybe even a little soccer or whatever, you know, on the basketball course, guys out there, you know, hey, over the hill, under the hill, whatever, you know, playing basketball. It's not in front of a sellout crowd. I I heard Jerry Jones last week, Jerry Jones is charging $60 for a pizza. Now, I just gotta think, listen, If somebody's willing to come and watch that type of performance and want to pay for it, that's pro football. But Jerry gets the same thing for a national championship game. It's just with people, if the demand is there, then people can pay for what they want to pay for. And you shouldn't be upset about people being compensated for a talent they have, regardless of, you know, some of us are everyday jobs. We can only perform those at a level where our employer is willing to compensate us for a period of time, then they move on and bring somebody else in. Whether you retire or get fired, sometimes they move along. So so the whole thing about compensating student-athletes, if they if they could get paid for it, listen, if there is one student-athlete, one student in college that's in college that could go get a job that would pay them as much as they felt they could get after they finished their degree, they go get it right away. They wouldn't wait. They wouldn't take on that what they call the debt of let's say it's just, if it's thirty thousand a year, it's one hundred twenty thousand dollars. You know why would they take on the one hundred twenty thousand dollars debt to go get a job that they could get without the debt? They go get paid. So, it, but there's, but the industry is telling them, no, you need to go get a skill set of which would allow you to perform a job that I would feel justified in paying you because you could perform at a level where the work that you provide my company, your service, or the product that you help us build, somebody would pay for it. Well, in athletics, they do that right away. That's why those guys should get paid. So anyway, I got my man with me, of course, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Taylor from... Uh, You know, Jeff has been on. Jeff has been man on the show a couple different times, and of course, you know, whenever Jeff comes, we always have a good show. So I'm I'm really looking forward to Jeff joining me. So is is Jeff on the line with me? Hello. Times, hey Jeff, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jeff. I but you know, I was just you know, I was so much uh, you know anticipating. you coming on the line, but I had to get started real fast, man. I just jumped into that uh of course you got Johnny Football who is on the front of time magazine. And and of course, uh, you know, people are are upset. A lot of people are upset. You know, I'm upset about the fact that there were so many sacrificial lambs that came before him. Uh, You know, a couple of them came out of Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Listen, Chris Carter is one of them. You know, Maurice Clark is, is one of them. You mm-hmm. know, Terrell Pryor is one of them. You know, Terrell Pryor. quite a few Buckeyes have, you know, have been in a position where they were, you know, you know, the, I guess the, the rules. They didn't play by the rules. So so they, they got they got punished. Uh, But but it, it's like this. I've heard some people complain, a lot of people who are not student athletes, who are just students, is why should they have to carry $120,000 of debt, you know, and for these guys to get a free education. And I simply say this, you're going to school and paying that $120,000 because there's a skill set that you need to acquire so that somebody will employ you so that their product or service that you're going to help them build or support, somebody will pay them for that. So if an athlete happens to have a skill set of which somebody's ready to pay them for already and come in the stadium and sit down and buy sixty dollar pizzas or thirty dollar or ten dollar popcorn, you know, mm-hmm. why shouldn't that person be compensated? So I man, you know, I just couldn't wait to get you on the seat. Cause you always got your own opinion. And that's all we want, because we sit on our opinions all the time. I just want to hear the opinion of another man out there who's been supporting this game for so long. Johnny football. Mm, He got slapped on the wrist. But Johnny Football, I mean, he lit it up for them. The people got their money's worth Saturday. Of course, Texas A&M didn't win. Alabama walked away with the victory. But the man showed you why he should be paid. What do you think about that, Jeff?
2: I I love it. I personally think the student-athletes should be paid. I remember listening to Archie Manning. Back when Peyton played for the University of Tennessee, he comes down to visit. And Archie Manning is sitting there with him, peerless, and the... Peyton Manning's receivers, Payless Price, Marcus Nash, and here they are talking about this huge win. And okay, what are you guys about to do? Well, we're about to go to the dorm and try and order a pizza. And they were sitting there thinking about like, these guys got to scrape up together a couple of dollars just to get a pizza and they were just entertaining 110000 in Rocky Top. <laughs> That's what actually switched... That's what actually switched Archie Manning around, and he was actually on CBS Sports talking about it. I believe the student-athletes should have been paid years ago.
1: Yeah, and and what's really interesting about that is is Archie himself was a student-athlete, very successful. Obviously went to the National Football League, did an outstanding job as a quarterback in the league, raised two boys, allowed his boys... Uh, I'm, I'm sure when I say allow is because I'm sure he put in a lot of time and effort with them to teach them how to play the game, to go on become student-athletes, very successful at their universities, now into professional league. But if it was something that he felt as if there's something wrong about this, he's certainly in a position to speak what he feels based upon his experience and then also his kids. So when you have somebody like that, I mean, Archie and his family is doing, you know, I'm sure they're doing pretty pretty nice. They look it's very well to do. Uh, but he 's just speaking the truth, and I for me, I think there are some people out there and in the case they would anybody would want to call in eight 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 three four six nine one four four please feel free to call in but here 's all i 'm trying to get people to understand is the reason you go to college is to obtain knowledge that will allow you to earn a living and get paid for something that you do, either something you know or something that you do. If you don't go and acquire that knowledge, then perhaps maybe an employer may not feel that you're worthy of him bringing you on to his place of employment and then you having the skill set necessarily that he can bill you out to uh, for some product or some for service that he's engaged in doing to perform where he's going to get enough money, where he can make money, and he can also pay you. Now, if you're a student or you're an entertainer, And you have that, and of course you work very hard to to master that skill set you have, and somebody's willing to pay you for that. I don't understand what age has to do with that at all, or what amateur status has to do with that. (laughs) Because actresses and actors get paid millions of dollars as kids. Mm -hmm. Singers, entertainers get paid millions of dollars as kids. There are still things called... You can go to school, and and, and you can study music. You can go to school, and you can study theater or acting, and you can get degrees, but at the same time, if you've got the skill set, where somebody's willing to pay you now, they don't hold it against you. For the life of me, I don't know why people are upset with athletes who are asking, and, and are asking instead of demanding, are asking for a system just to change and correct what's so wrong. Does that make sense, Here's Jeff, or am I, am I off my rocker on that one?
2: No, it makes all the sense in the world. What most people don't realize is athletes during their year that they're playing football, basketball, baseball, whatever, they're not allowed to have jobs. I had a friend that was actually doing something. Uh, I think she was selling Zima, and she had to give it up because uh, something she was doing was actually violating NCAA rules even though she was working. So it's not as though they can actually decide to make transition to go get a full-time job while they're going to school full-time like a student can.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what's really interesting is, is what I think, the part that I also do not like is when people say free. Because free is when the there thing. are no strings attached. That, that's when something's free. When you don't have to do something in order to get something. That it truly is just, a, it's a gift, you know? And And even those people who Um, who get academic scholarships, even that is not free. They earn that. And so there's so many people who throw around the word free as if they did absolutely nothing to earn it. Those young men and young women who have scholarships, athletic scholarships or academic scholarships, They earn that scholarship. There is, in order to get an academic scholarship, you got to carry, well, three point something, four point something. You got to maintain that. And if you do, then. You retain your scholarship. In athletics, you gotta perform. Athletic. They're, they're, that's right. You gotta have a certain GPA and, and you gotta perform this certain level on the team. Or guess what? Even nowadays, if you don't perform on a level, it's not a four-year commitment. It's a year-to-year commitment. And for those people they who think re- you can go to the National Football League, it's, it's just like anything else. There's an assessment of a skill set that you must have. There's an determination, just like your interview for a job. There's a Jeffrey mm-hmm. Kava interview process, but it still happens. And the National Football League, if you don't, for some reason or other, pass that interview process, they don't draft you. You don't automatically get to go play pro football. You've got to be interviewed, assessed, and then chosen by a team, drafted by a team in order for you to go. So for everybody who thinks there's going to be a great everybody's exodus, everybody's going to leave college and go play pro football, it doesn't happen like that. Is that some things that you think people just are, are misunderstand the way the process works, Jeff, because there's so many people out there thinking, well, if he wants to go to pros, just let him go play pro. Yeah, it's not
2: that easy. It's
1: not that easy.
2: There's the only 32 pro teams, and there's what? Nearly 200 Division One and two schools. The second thing that To further what you were talking about, how many players a year lose their scholarship based upon performance, based upon injury, they're no longer going to be in school, based upon a multitude of things. That scholarship is not four years. There are players at every university losing their scholarship on on a a yearly basis, and people think, "Oh, you got a four year scholarship; it's a free ride all the way through school." No, no, no. This guy breaks his leg; he's no longer playing football. He's no longer going to be on scholarship.
1: Yeah, and you know what's really interesting? You talk about break a leg. I think I saw something the other day online where I think, think the kid, uh, maybe from Louisville, was it that uh, in the basketball game last year, you know, obviously you know had a compound fracture. The bone came out of his oh, leg. Oh, Kevin Ware. Yeah, he he finally was able to shoot a jump shot. I think, and I I think that's out there someplace. But you know, again, I I also <laughs> think that there are many people out there that when they talk about free, they don't they can't imagine. This is what I would like to do. I would like. For an individual, particularly, I, I don't know if it's somebody in one of these blogs or if it's a writer who takes a different position, he says that the scholarship is a free ride. I would love to put that person through what a student athlete has to go through in order to get this free scholarship. I just, I'd just mm-hmm. like for them to get hit just one time, <laughs> just one time, the way they see some of these football players get hit. As a matter of fact, ooh, I saw some hits on Saturday that, you know, You know, I've had a guy say to me before that I've hit somebody and I think, you know, the law should have been. But the police should have been called on a few people this week. That was assault if I've ever seen it. And people just think that it's just a free ride. You can get hit one time in football and say, oh, just take your helmet off. Just turn your uniform I'll Never again. Nobody's ever going to hit me like that again. And I'm not go after. (laughs) You know, it's just like, man, there's nothing free about this at all. But listen, we're going to move past that. But I think Johnny, I think he gave the people his money's worth. Uh, of course, Coach. My, in my entire life, I will never forget this man. As I tell people, and I've told him many times, you know, when I had an issue where I was struck by lightning, Earl Bruce didn't come to my bedside in the hospital. Nick Saban and his wife, and Nick was just had just become my coach. Earl had been my coach for a year or so, but Nick came to see how. My mother's son, which is me, was doing so he could let my mother know that I was doing okay. So I always have mad love for Nick and Terry. And, and I'm hey, I'm glad the man won. <laughs> you know, it was, wow. it was a great game for uh, for Alabama. You know, we're talking so much about Johnny Football, but they didn't win the football game. Alabama won the football game, and I think many. I people was impressed with
2: McCarron, that quarterback for Alabama. He played himself into the Heisman race with that performance well, because they were down fourteen nothing. This was a revenge game. And he went to work. Did you see his stats at the end of
1: the game? Well, I'm gonna tell you what, man. I, yeah, if there's, I, I, I thought it was Peyton Manning. I thought it was like Tom Brady, like the way he, his composure throughout the entire game. It was, you know, he, he played the game with. So there was not a sense of urgency. It was a sense of, it was a display of confidence. It's like we're gonna win. It just, it just let the game play itself out. You know, there's a lot of hype right now going on. Let's just let the game play itself out. We got a good game plan. Just trust the game plan. That's like many times, uh, Jeff, there are some people who've asked me a couple times about when you see a running football and it's a running play, why does the running back run into the back of so many guys, a big old power? Why does he run? It? And, and, and I think they don't understand that. You know what? The, the way the play is designed. Is it that everybody is assigned to block somebody and you gotta trust that those people, you may see somebody sitting in the hole right there, but mm-hmm. you gotta trust that there's a guard that's coming to pull that's gonna knock him out of that hole. And, and so mm-hmm. you keep running, you're supposed to hit it full speed because you're supposed to trust in a fraction of a second, that guard is gonna come in front of your face and he going that dude to stand in that hole, he gonna get knocked out that hole. Now sometimes, Absolutely. sometimes you trust him and, and, and instead of him knocking that guy out that hole, Uh, The linebacker fills that hole and he wins that battle. But you've got to trust if you don't trust the game plan, if you don't trust the blocking scheme as a running back in the National Football League, you will not play. You will not play. So many times what people see, when you see that running back on television continue to run up the back of his blockers, you know, or, you know, why didn't he go around is because he can't. He's doing his job. He's doing his responsibility. And that's why you don't see him getting taken out of the game. You know, if everybody's like, well, man, why don't you get taken out of the game Put somebody else? He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's trusty. So so I am like you too. I was very, very much impressed uh with Alabama and 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 even Nick, the way he coached the game. He I, he didn't panic. He didn't change from his game plan. You know, I thought they stuck with it and I thought they did a damn good job. You know, hey, he got out of there with the win. That's all you want to do. Almost is this is not, this is football. We ain't playing horseshoes. Almost don't count in this game. So uh, you know, again, Johnny Manzel, you know, you gotta think about winning a Heisman, but You know, you got a loss in there, you know. So, hey, and and, and you lost to a team that you beat last year.
2: He can't tackle. He can't play safety. He can't play cornerback. He did everything that he could in that game. He threw five touchdowns. I mean, when they were down, and it looked like Alabama was going to run away with it, he still kept fighting. Did you know that your old Cleveland Browns organization was actually at that game watching that? Oh, I,
1: I, I, here's the thing about it. I think I there think are quite it, a few scouts that are on the road watching Johnny Menzel play football. And, 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 and here, th- that's a good question. Let's talk I about think- that, the next level. I mean, we, we, not a lot of people have said that Johnny plays a good college game. Do you think Johnny will be able to make that transition to the next level? and and be able to be successful or as successful as he is in the National Football League. Because one thing about it, I, I know this, and I've heard quite a few people say this. I heard my good friend Chris Carter, shout out to Chris, say this, this morning. The defensive linemen and the linebackers in particular, the defensive linemen and the linebackers consistently every week when they show up, are much bigger, much faster, much stronger than they are in college. And Alabama's got one of the best, you know, because we all think they're mm, they're in the AFC North anyway, <laughs> you know. But you know, that's Alabama. That's not, you know, that's 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 not any NFL team. But I don't have to even name a team. But that certainly is not any NFL team. So I think it's going to be a little different. I think that game is moving a little bit similar to what they're playing in college, but. Another thing I don't think, Jeff, is you just can't put your quarterback in jeopardy all the time, having him run design, running plays consistently. I I just don't think you can put a man out there like that.
2: See, There's two schools of thoughts to that right now. Because right, if we would have said six years ago, ten years ago, what do you think? I'm like, no, I don't think he's going to make it. But the way the program has adapted a lot of the way they used to play, or the way they played in college, I think he's going to be just fine. I look at Russell Wilson and that's who I see in Johnny Manzino. Same skill set, same size, able to stay moving out of the pocket. Most people don't think about it in terms of if someone's running the read option and the quarterback takes off in the other direction, if he decides he wants to throw the football, he can throw the football, but he's on the go. He's not dropping back seven steps and standing in the pocket where the defensive ends know where he's going to be and just take a bead and go kill him. Johnny's constantly on the run, and the offenses are all spread out now. Everyone's getting those big defensive linemen out of there and going with those hybrid linebacker safeties.
1: That's exactly right. Defense. That's right, and that's and that's and see what you—that's the point right there. That's it. Everybody just as the offense is changing, the defenses is making some adjustments as well. Mm-hmm. So the big guys that he may be running from now at the college level, oh no, they're not. You know, I mean, you got defensive ends now. I'm six one. I could be a defensive end. You know, and, and pro football, you know, they're, they're yeah. much smaller, much quicker, much faster. And the only thing I'm concerned about, and here's what I think, you know, is unlike college football, I don't think the rule is not set yet, but the rule in college when we play and some things are changing, some are not, is listen. You everybody hit everybody. <laughs> so the bottom line is, listen: if the quarterback comes, I you can't tell me it's an option. He's faking. So if he's faking and he carries out his fake, he just did a good job of faking me out. That's what that's what it's all about. You're supposed to make a person believe, in particular that off that defensive end, and your option to read is him, and he's coming your way. And you're supposed to play is designed for you to make him think either you're going to give it to some person and the running back is running through the hole with the ball or, you know, you're going to pitch the ball. In this case, there are very few pitches that are involved in it. That means you're going to keep it. So if he thinks that you didn't give it to him, he can automatically say, hell, that was a hell of a fake. He rolled him all the way through there. He pulled it out. But I thought when he pulled it out. He had the ball. I gotta hit him. See that's what that's where the problem's gonna come in at is pretty soon people are gonna say, Listen, the the purpose is that of that design of that play is to deceive you and make you think you see something that you didn't see. So in order just to be safe, just tackle that damn quarterback. And when you say tackle, mm, hmm, I don't know what kind (laughs) of
2: shoulder pads on him.
1: You see, and and that's where I that's where I fear. I fear one time or two times or many times. You're going to start seeing some quarterbacks get hit the way you've never seen quarterbacks get hit before. And that's because you're putting them in the game. You've seen some option plays. Think about the option plays and the read option and all that that you've seen over the years in college football. Some quarterbacks have been seriously taken out. And, and, and that, and so that's what you got to do. You, you can't just. Let him go, assuming that he's handed the ball off. Pretty soon they're going to start a set. It's just like uh, w- when somebody is, uh, you got a, a mobile quarterback and you put a person in the box to spy him. you got to assume that he's going to run. So much so yeah. that you're going to sign a person in case he does run. It's the same thing. You, on the read option, you got to assume that he's going to keep the ball himself. And in doing so, you got to be there to hit him. So then what does Roger do on that now? Does Roger say you can't hit the quarterback?
2: No, you can't hit the quarterback. He just got a hook slide. Yeah, well, he got so, uh, a hook slide real early.
1: <laughs> and see he now, got a hook slide real early. Okay, and one did thing you, about did that. You see
2: what happened with uh, what they tried to do with uh, when Clay Matthews hit uh, Colin Kaepernick week one, San Francisco. He takes the ball, he keeps it. Clay Matthews like, I'm going to hit you. I don't care if I get a personal foul. I don't give
1: a shit. I yeah. <laughs> hit him way out of bounds. Just well, you know what? Him. I'll tell you what, Jeff. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have to take a break. But we're going to talk about that because that's exactly oh. what's going to start happening. There are people going to start taking them shots on those quarterbacks because you never know when you're going to get another one. So you might as well give them something to think about. Hey, we listen to Rail of Sports on the yeah. Voice America Network. We're in Phoenix. Living like it matters.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: All righty, we're back. Yep, we're back. Jeff, you listen to rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Living like it matters. Got my man Jeff Taylor on with me from Taylor Blitz Times, and of course, uh, Jeff and I. Before we uh, went away there on break, we were talking a little bit about what happened in the past. And I of course was uh talking a little bit about Clay Matthews and, and the hit to, uh, to cap on the sidelines. And, and again, that that's one of those things that was a little bit different, but that is, you know, again, a player taking it upon himself to, to, to add a little intimidation to the mind of, first of all, not even the player, because in my mind, Jeff, and I heard you say this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set this up and say that the, the intimidation factor, it may not play and take effect on the player's thinking. But you know who it's taking a toll on and who's thinking about that intimidation out there on the football field that's being displayed by people like Clay Matthews? I can tell you who's, who's thinking about that.
2: The offensive hit,
3: coaches,
1: the, and offense, the next opponent, the the offensive coaches, the next opponent, and the owner. Mm-hmm. That's a hundred million dollars, sixty million dollars, seventy million, fifty million dollar investment. And do I mm-hmm. want to risk? What's the risk and reward? If that's my franchise, am I willing to risk my franchise for three yards, fifteen yards, ten yards? All I need is ten yards to get a first down. So to Mm -hmm. keep, keep the chains moving, am I willing to do that? And, and, and I, and I'm telling you what happens is it's, it's just a matter of one hit. It's just one, it's one quarterback. Now already you got to think about this. You got RG three, the dynamic player that he is as a result of him taking one or maybe a series of hits. He's not the same player now that he was then. So I I'm going I'm I'm yep. going and I know you talked about the dynamics of the game changing but with that as a small example I want you to go back and 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 talk about again will it continue will it last will it survive knowing that you remember a game from way back in the day where there's some people who just decide, hey, we're going to take them out. Are we taking them Absolutely. all out? And it's not a bounty. It's just we're going to play physical. We're going to play football. We're going to hit them legally, but we're going to hit them. And, and we're so intimidate them. That, that, and, that's, and that's intimidation. That's part of the game. And that's, that's, the, that's the message that Clay Matthews was sending. And that's the message that I don't think uh, intimidation cannot not be a part of football. Because intimidation, sure. intimidation will get somebody to remember for who, for what. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. And also, you, also that there's going to be a key third down, and some receiver's going to get alligator arms going across the middle because he was whacked in the first quarter. That's
1: exactly right. Now, now you've already done the thing where you said a defenseless receiver. Now, I want to know, when I stretch my arms out to catch the ball, does that make me a defensive receiver? Because I, as a defensive back, and that's why it's so hard on safeties right now playing the game, because a fraction of a second, I can't make that judgment as to if I to think about is he a defenseless receiver. What is a defensive receiver, meaning that I'm not going to have time to protect myself from this to lower my shoulder? Because when I lower my mm-hmm. shoulder now, what you're telling me, lowering the shoulder is how you're taught to get somebody off of you, so you're really giving an advantage to this guy. If you tell me, I gotta wait. can hit him till he lowers his shoulder to protect himself, which really is to to play football the way you know people like Earl Campbell and, and Walter Payton used to do. It. And they they didn't take hits; they give hits out. So now you're trying to tell me that you're gonna let the receiver do that to me as a defensive back. Oh, man, I, no. I I don't get that. I, that part I don't get. It's a fraction of a second. If it, that ball is on his fingertips, and he's able to pull that in, if I don't make contact with him at the same time, the ball—and that's what it is—if the ball and a defensive player arrive at the same time, isn't that contact with a defensive player? Uh, you know, a defenseless player. Yeah, I, that's the way I see it, Jeff. So you I, maybe you can comment on that better than I can because I'm interested in another perspective because I don't see how you can play football from an advantage standpoint on the defensive side of the ball with all these new rule changes and 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 so the intimidation factor and that's what that is. It's like okay, put your hand out there. I dare you to put your hand out there because I'm gonna knock it off. It's been taken mm-hmm. out the game.
2: You're gonna have to line up. Well, I see it happening. People are going to have to start drafting bigger cornerbacks. Cornerbacks that can just beat up on the receivers within the five-yard rules. You're going to see the return of the Mel Blunts. And you saw a part of that last night, or not last night, but two nights ago, when you watched Richard Sherman just mug Anquan Bolden. He only got one catch after going for over 200 a week before.
1: But you know what? I would say this. I would say this. I would say that that example, and I understand what you're saying, you give me somebody who can do that to... A.J. Green with Cincinnati, mm-hmm. who is much quicker than Anquan Bowden and much younger than Anquan Bowden, then then that might be a case. But I'm gonna tell it depends upon the receiver because those big receivers, it's easy to get up in their chest. Like I'm, I mean, be honest, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, if you got a good corner, a good corner can get up in Larry's chest and throw off the timing of those quick routes, and therefore disrupt the the, the pattern and the timing. Next thing you know, quarterback sack. And we're going to find that out pretty soon coming up because, of course, Seattle's going to be playing the Cardinals.
2: You have to. And the number one thing that happens is if you get 11 defenders in the huddle, eventually they're going to say, we're going to start taking people out. We're not going to sit here and just take passes. We just can't do that. And that's when I was – I had harkened back to that game where it was the death of the runner shoot back in 1991 when the Eagles wind up, and they actually put the blueprint out to how to beat it. The actual statistics, the run and shoot offenses were getting started to go down from that exact Monday night game on. And they sat back with the two safes. They were going to press receivers. We're going to funnel them into the linebackers. Seth Joyner, Wes Hopkins, and Andre Waters. They knocked out Drew Hill and Ernest Givens twice out that game, once with a broken nose. And everybody played the same thing. Blitzed it short off, blits the run and shoot right off the corners, real quick, and got in the quarterback's face. You saw Seattle kind of doing that with Colin Kaepernick this Sunday night.
1: Well, I am gonna in tell you face, what you know
2: man to man, force them into the safeties and light them up. And you're gonna have a team say, you know what? It's gonna be some in their playoff time and someone's gonna be playing either Atlanta or someone else and say, Hey, listen, if you get the one shot, I want you to hit Larry Fitzgerald or hit AJ Green dead center of his chest. We'll take a fifteen yard personal foul, but if he's intimidated the rest of the game, so what? We'll be on our way to the next round of the playoffs.
1: And, you know, and th- those type of things happen. I, you know, I, I know in my past, I, I've been asked, uh, or I've asked for a 15 yard penalty, uh, for uh, a simple means of a way to try to intimidate a player. Nothing dirty, but, you know, if, if they call it as something dirty, you know, it's dirty, but it's only going to be 15 yards. But I, I just need to send a message to somebody. And, and, and again, it was, it was, yep. was going to be legal, uh, but it might, Cost me 15 yards, but but it but it's legal. But they're gonna call it illegal because it's just you know, it's it's going to look bad, <laughs> you know. But, but that's the psyche uh, of a defensive
2: player. But you just you are you, gonna say, okay, yeah. I'm gonna take my chance. I'll pick my spot. Half time, you'll have coaches do it. That's yeah. what got oh, the New Orleans Saints in trouble two week to what two three years ago. Yeah, well see, but but but, see,
1: but 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 see again. I think when you say okay. A bounty is when you identify a person and you put money on it and somebody takes him out, they get paid. Was no money on any of mine. I didn't get any incentive. You know, I just, what I wanted to do is I I needed an advantage. And and listen, 90% of the game is played above the shoulders. So if you think of it, that's what I'm telling people. You don't have time to think about anything in football. You have already been programmed. And it's just natural instincts and reaction when you play the game. You don't have time to think. So I can't stop. That's what the whole thing that throws me off about an unprotected player. I don't have time to think about if he's protected or not protected. You you know, they need to do the, the, you know, you got the sports science thing going on. Break it down and tell me how much time a person has to make a decision on if indeed this person is protected or unprotected. I got the flight of the ball. I got the speed of the player. I got point A and B where those two come together at, and I'm this person in there, that I'm supposed to be the, the third party to the equation. Come on, man. It's just... No, <laughs>
2: that's, you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about a tenth of a second.
1: It's, it's too hard. It's, it's way too hard. But, I, you know, talking about that game, shout-out to my man Wes Hopkins. I talked to Hop a little while ago, and I'm going to have to get Hop on the show. And, and of course, shout-out to my man up in heaven, Andre Waters uh but, yeah but but you know the thing about it is is that's why i like this is what i liked about Pete carroll in my days when he coached us is you know we we learned cover two back in 79 by you know Pete carroll taught us that but we also played another cover was it was a man under you know and that was the two guys behind you yep. and of course you know bump and run your guys and and that mm-hmm. was in a day where you again you could beat them up i was a bigger corner you know but i got todd bell behind me you know so it's like okay I don't think you want to come to this side. You might want to try to go to the other side because it ain't going to work over here. But, you know, one thing about if you could get that jam or that receiver off the ball and if it's a three-step drop or something, it's not going to work because you just destroyed his timing. You know, he's supposed to be, you know, a certain amount of yards down the field once that quarterback gets his his third step, even if it's a five-step drop. If you get that jam on that receiver and knock him off his, his, his route, Then that just messes up the entire... Uh, play uh, on the offensive side of the ball, so so I do like, and that's what you're seeing with with uh, Pete Carroll Seattle. and the Seattle secondary. That's, that's what you'll Seattle. see with Nick. That's what you'll see with Nick Saban at Alabama, uh, because these are secondary coaches. They they coach the secondary, and so right there, you can believe they're not going to be the weakness. Now Johnny Manziel, he he made some good football plays on on Alabama, but but Nick was pissed whenever he made a play because he knew that that meant that his secondary did not make a play. He really doesn't like that. Same thing with Pete Carroll. If the secondary is ever burned, watch Seattle when they play. He takes a tremendous amount of pride in the success of his defensive backs. That's because of the position he coaches. And so I, I really think that the game nowadays, it's, it's, it's a seven on seven game. Even the, the running game has really been sacrificed. They talk about the fullback position is already, we witnessed that last night. The fullback position doesn't exist anymore. Cincinnati's got a no, defensive not- tackle. They got a defensive tackle, you know, nose tackle, you know, playing fullback, which again, I mean, think about that. You got a, you got a defensive tackle, nose tackle running through, leading the way through the hole for a running back. Look how big he is. Look at the advantage. That's another advantage to the offense. I think in my mind, and I've said this years ago, I thought it should have been a rule that Refrigerator Perry should have never been able to be in the backfield. No, you uh, can't do that. Well, well, why can't you? You're Roger Goodell. You can do what you want to do. You, 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 make, you, you tell me I can't hit you, but you're going to put a man three times my size in the backfield. Now, think about that. I can't hit you, but you're going to put a man three times my size. I got a corner over here weighs... You know, soaking wet, butt naked, weighs 180 pounds. you got a fool back in the back that weighs 275, 280. I don't think that. How am I supposed to tackle him? If I go low on him, I'm going to break my neck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I hadn't thought of it from that standpoint, but I guess you actually got a
1: point. Yeah, that's come on. I, I, Only
2: from the state of what's fair, between offense and defense,
1: yeah, All right, I get, hold, I you. I, I, I tell you what, Jeff. Hold that, because I, I I hit you, and you weren't ready for that one. I want you to think no. about that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice of America Network. Got my man, Jeff Taylor, from Taylor Blitz Times with me, and we're going to come back, and he's going to think about a big old defensive tackle running the football like Fridge Perry back in the day. Think about it, Jeff. Think about it. We'll be right back.
3: your internet flagship station
0: for sports
3: voice america sports
1: all right you hear the music you know the show you listen to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters Guy with me jeff taylor from taylor blitz times with me you can check his blog out if you want to uh, be sure to do that and, uh, and leave a message there for uh, Jeff and let him know what you think about what he's writing about, what's on his mind, and tell him what's on your mind. Jeff, let me ask you, just last week, just going back, I guess for me the most disappointing game, I would have to say, it was a truly letdown for me, was the Seahawks and the 49ers. Was there any other game that you thought was somewhat of a letdown that didn't just live up to the billing?
2: Last night, the Bengals should have laid the Steelers out, and they played skittish and allowed the Steelers to stay in the game. That one was disappointing. Why were you disappointed with the 49ers and the Seahawks?
1: Well, because the Seahawks
2: just killed the 49ers.
1: 49ers didn't even show up.
2: The 49ers showed up. They just got beat down. And they got beat down for the third time. First one was when they were going to play last year, week 15, and lost 42-13. And every 49er fan and pundit kept trying to dodge that. See what would happen if the 49ers played them. I'm like, guys, they already did, and the 49ers destroyed them, and they've all had their starters healthy. Well, again, like you said, but... you, know but, but you, you, you want to know what
1: the worst part is? I know, I know, I know have the Seahawks still got some Bruce people. Back I, know, I, know, I, know. Percy <laughs> I know, I know. I know, I know. I agree it's with you. It's going get worse. But, I, but listen, I, there's just some teams that other teams just don't match up well with. And for some reason or another, I think that, you know, position by position, the 49ers just do not match up well with the Seahawks. And so, you know, a lot of times that happens in basketball, but in football sometimes, you know, some teams could be exploited as well. And I think that in that particular case, now it's just a matter of how the season plays out because we know it could end up that the NFC Championship game could be played in Seattle, and it could be the 49ers going into that one, and the 49ers probably ain't going to feel too comfortable. But then again, I would imagine that Harbaugh, listen, he going back to the draw. He going back to dad now. He's sitting down with dad and trying to get some old school instructions. As hey, dad, okay, you got to help me. I got to beat these boys. You know, you know, I want to get back to the Super Bowl and win. But it's gonna go through Seattle. He's gonna spend some time each week. He might put an hour or two into how do I beat Seattle. So I think the next time they play them, I think it's a different ball game. But you know, last night I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I was that disappointed. The only thing that disappointed me with with with, with Pittsburgh was if Felix Jones is your starting running back and the only running back you really have, why is he returning kickoffs? I mean, really? You can't find somebody else to return the kickoffs? you going to jeopardize your starting running back? Okay, I didn't understand that. But but I really didn't expect. I mean, everybody had been picking Cincinnati to win the game. So to me, score doesn't really make a difference as who wins and who loses. And And Pittsburgh, obviously, they always talk about they reload, they don't rebuild. Mm. No,
2: they got to rebuild. They
1: re- <laughs> I think it's about rebuilding right now for for the Steelers. And so uh, you know, it's a chance for chance for maybe uh, it ain't going to happen, but it's a chance for the Browns or somebody else, you know, somebody else is going to come out of that division. It's, it's not going to be the Ravens. Well, no. I take that back. It's pro- it's going to be the Ravens and the Bengals. One of them are going to take that division. But but Bengals season. Yeah, yeah, the pigs. right. So you you so you think the Bengals will go in and beat up on the Ravens a couple times too, huh?
2: I've had the Bengals to get to at least the AFC Championship game, if that offense keeps playing as well as they could, they should make the Super Bowl for
1: the AFC. Okay, it's so now. so 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 is is my man fired if they don't make it to the AFC Championship? No. They bringing, Ray, they, they bringing him back? They Ma- got to bring him back. Marvin comes back after you're saying he should be at the AFC Ch- How many years has Marvin... At? Come on, man. We've been waiting on Marvin ever since Ucho Cinco and, 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 yeah, and T.O. Here's the difference. What
2: did Marvin Lewis get that job based on? Carson Palmer? No, remember he was the he was the defensive coordinator for the two thousand Ravens. He was supposed to build his monster defense. That's when Cincinnati hired him. Oh, now I'm... he come. So he comes in now. All these years he's had an offensive team, but now last year they were second in sacks with fifty two. They were the they've been the sixth. Best defense in football over the last two years. Last year they were only fourth with only 16 touchdowns allowed passing, and it's a passing league now.
1: You know what I love when I talk to people like you.
2: That much pass rush and that much pass defense. All the offense needs to be is just proficient and get to 24 points before the other team gets to 17, and they're going to win. Man, I just
1: man, I just love. You know, I think you. You probably graduated from MIT. I just love those people come through with all those statistics because it's only one that counts the W's and the L's. Other than that, the rest of them don't make no sense. Regardless, you know, the most statistical uh, performing team, elite performing team statistically, a lot of times are left home watching games. It's just, it's it's win or lose. It's win or lose. If you you
2: can get after the quarterback, if you can get after the quarterback and you can defend the pass, you're going to do well in this league. We just talked about the Seattle
1: Seahawks. That, well, you, okay, Jeff, now come on. Now I really got to go at you now because it's a passing league. It's not a running league anymore. So yeah, you, everybody's got to stop the pass now. And what I've said, this yep. is what I'll tell you. Listen, if you're playing the reason why you saw Peyton Manning do his thing, seven touchdowns, come on, give me a break, and Tom Brady do his thing, is because, listen, if you want to beat those teams, you got to stop the quarterback. The bottom, nobody, neither one, I can't even think of anybody else. And that's why Ben Roethlisberger, that's why they beat him last night. Guess what? He doesn't have a running game. Running games really don't, they don't even exist anymore. Michael Vick is now throwing, had a 400, you know, one of his best games in his life. It's all mm-hmm. about passing. So if you can't stop the quarterback from passing, Green Bay had the nerve to have a 400-yard passing, and luckily, the first time ever, a hundred yard rusher in a game. So if you can't stop the passing, don't even worry about the run anymore. Just, you know, force them to run. But if you can't stop the pass, then, then, then you're right. You're, 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 you're not going to win. If you can't stop you that quarterback stop over the there, man. you're not going to win. But you got to have a quarterback that can throw. You got to have a quarterback that can throw. Listen, a quarterback that can throw, this is what my, my personal opinion has always been a quarterback that can throw must be able to run I, the running I, I I never understood why the quarterback running ability is a surprise to a person that's a detriment to him if he can't run that's a liability if he can't run ask me about Ron Jaworski back he couldn't run away from Lawrence Taylor <laughs> you know that, that yeah, exactly. you know if you can't run as a quarterback and you can't extend the play that's all a part of your package as a quarterback, you need to extend that package. Real quick, we gotta go. We got about a minute left. What game are you looking for this week? Who you wanna see?
2: I just wanna see Seattle play. I just love watching them play because they play with spirit, speed, and passion on defense.
1: And that, you know that comes from that comes from Pete Carroll. That that, yeah. that, that, that comes from Pete Carroll. One last question. Would you bench RG three? Yes. You would bench him right now. Yes. And why would you bench him? Is it because of the performance or because he's injured? Both. Wow. Well, you heard so it right I there, it, I, Jeff. I'm working
2: back slowly. I'm working back slowly. Let Kirk Cousins take the reins for three weeks.
1: All right. Well, hey, that's going to be the last comment, Jeff. We got to go. Time went so fast. You've been listening to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. That was my man, Jeff Taylor from Taylor Blitz Times, and I want all those. Folks out there in the Hall of Fame say they can't know how to no, know, I'm praying for you. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
3: Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We hope that you have enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit www.rayellissports.com. And be sure to join us next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network.